Tennessee, although we're not live, this is taped. But Dr. Stable Marconi, how are you? We are alive. Well, we are alive and we are doing the show. Very excited to be here today. (laughs) Ouch. We are in Nashville, Tennessee at Music Biz. Our special guest, Saul Paul, today, a musician with a message. We will get to Saul Paul in one moment. Don't call him Saul. Don't call him Paul. Call him Saul Paul. There it is. That's right. SP SP for short. Uh, We are here with also Sierra Magana Nichols, who are a student co host. Sierra Magana Nichols. Say hello, Sierra. Hello. Sierra is going to get going with us in one moment. We want you all to know that you should be going to musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for the newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. Listen to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We want to give thanks to the Music Biz Association for the space where we are in Nashville, Tennessee, room 202. Gorgeous. Gorgeous room, gorgeous room, ocean view. We want to give (laughs) thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management. With artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kiss, there is only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you are ready. Do you have a business manager, Saul Paul? I do. You do? Who is your business manager? Bianca Neal. Oh, Bianca. What's your, right. what's your last name, Bianca? Neal. Bianca Neal, business manager. Her? There we go. What? Uh, do you trust it? her? That's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> with, with someone else's life. We also want to thank Rob Fusari. Yes. Uh, Rob Fusari, Grammy winner for his support. And because of Rob, uh, people like Sierra were able to get here today and uh, spend time in the hotel. So thanks to uh, Van Aaron, <coughs> Van Dynamite and Rob Fusari for that. We also want you to know uh, by managing your band, 6th edition, available June 6th. Order at Amazon.com at the moment. Ready, get set, go. And Sierra Magana Nichols, please do your thing. Do your intro for Saul Paul and do your third degree. So, can you first start off by telling us who exactly who is Saul he Paul who is? He? is? You, you do. Say, I'm here with Saul Paul. Saul I'm Paul here is, with Saul yeah, Paul, yeah. an American artist from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, everybody. Houston, Texas. H-Town. H-Town. Um, so, how would you describe the music that you play? Uh, good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, Thank you, Saul Paul. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, genre, uh, I guess it's genre building. Uh, I started off just as an MC, as a rapper, uh, songwriter, and then along the way, you know, living in Austin, the live music capital of the world, I was exposed to live music, and I picked up the classical acoustic guitar as a hobby, fell in love with it, and uh, then I mixed MCing with playing the classical acoustic guitar and created acoustic hip hop. So part rapper, part singer, songwriter. Okay, so I read that you're most recognized for your recap. Raps. Can you tell us exactly what a recap rap, rap is? Yeah, uh, it's just freestyle, improvisational songs on the spot, <coughs> similar to like jazz musicians back in the day, or maybe currently, like they would just improv a song. Uh, except I do it with words. Okay. So often I'll, like I've done it. At, I did it on America's Got Talent. That was one of the coolest places. Did it two different TED talks, five different Super Bowls. Uh, but it's cool because what it is is interacting. 
uh, interactive and engaging and allows the audience to be part of the songwriting process. Because at the core, I'm just a songwriter. And so uh, I have to stay challenged myself. So it's cool to work with the, to be in front of a thousand people, 10,000 people, 200 people, 20 people and be like, cool, let's make up a song together. And they give me input and they give me words. If I use fancy new terminology, I'm crowdsourcing music. I'm crowdsourcing the lyrics. So I get like words from the audience Mm. and make up a song on the spot. Plus I use a loop pedal. So it's cool because I can just make it all spontaneous. Sweet. Great. So... With songwriting as a core, you're also a motivational speaker? I am. Um, uh, yeah, I usually share my story. It's interesting. I try to get away from that, uh, but I can't. And it pays well, so I'm not mad. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm speaking tomorrow. But really, it's, it's very interesting because um, I usually, I share my story of how I went from four felonies to a 4.0. Uh, myself. You went from four what? Four felonies. Four felonies. Okay. Yeah, you're sitting in the room with, a, with an ex-felon right now. Yeah. Y'all should see their faces. They just got scared. Uh, that's the, like, y'all could, you could feel it, right? It was palpable even over the, yeah. over the, over the block. Like, whoa, what just happened? The air got sucked out of the room. No, uh, I have this unique story. Well, cool. I, I just, last week, I performed on the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol. Like, that was mind-blowing to me. I know y'all do cool stuff like that all the time, but I'm like a little... I'm going to say East Lawn stuff. East Lawn, okay, there it is, yeah. It's the East Coast, East Lawn, West Ah, Lawn. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so that was amazing to perform at the U.S. Capitol on the West Lawn, but it was a part of an event that had a big rally for grand families, uh, which are grandparents who raised their grandchildren Mm -hmm. via foster care, but more, more so kinship, they just raise them. But that's what my grandmother did for me. My mom died when I was three. My dad ran off and left. I never met him in my life. Grew up in the ghetto in Houston. But I had an awesome grandmother who lived her life as a sacrifice for me so that I could uh, live the life that I'm living now. Um, But she passed away when I was 17, and I went off on the wrong track, made a lot of bad choices. Got arrested by the FBI when I was 17 years old. Got arrested three other times by the time I was 20. By the FBI? By the FBI. What what did you do for the FBI? Yeah, I used to... um, (laughs) I've always, and it's funny because I'll be speaking tomorrow at the conference about, you know, dreaming in 3D. And, uh, like, I'm an artist and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I've always thought, though, like, how to go from A to Z the quickest. So when I was young and I was growing up in the ghetto and I was in, I take responsibility for my choices, but I was influenced by my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my neighborhood sold drugs. And I figured out why people sell drugs is to make money, right? No matter what they do with the money, whether it's some noble mean or ignoble, it's like they sell drugs to make money. So I never really sold drugs. I just figured out it's not about selling drugs. It's about making money. So I was 17. I was smart, but I made dumb decisions. I mm-hmm. figured out how to make counterfeit money. Oh, oh okay. wow. So I just went from A to Z, right? Like, right. well, hey, it's about making money, so I just made <laughs> wow. money. Uh, and that's one thing. Like, that's why I, I can't get away from motivational speaking because I'm very passionate about this and sharing in a unique way that young people uh, can understand the message. Because people told me, make good choices, make good choices, but I didn't see the reward in that. Uh, so I communicate in a way to where they understand maybe less, less about the consequences of bad choices, but more the benefits of good choices. Mm-hmm. And even as an artist and an entrepreneur, it's that same mindset. Now I follow rules. I didn't follow rules then. Like, as an artist and as an entrepreneur, it's like, well, what's the goal? Like, I want to make music, make money, make a living, and make a difference. And I built a business model that allowed me to do that versus all the common traditional stuff because, I mean, I know lots of people that have 200,000 Twitter followers in a day job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not the goal. I just want to make music for a living. So if I get more YouTube views and if I get more Twitter followers and Facebook likes, I don't know if I'll still be able to like, be a full-time artist. 
So, but it's that mind state, like that A to Z mindset. And so that's why I do motivational speaking. Long story, I, I want to make sure I end the story properly. What ends up happening is, uh, I'm 20 years old, I get convicted of four felonies, I go to the Texas State Penitentiary, and I realize that life is a sum total of the choices you make. I have been making bad choices, so I got bad results. I started making better choices, I get better results. God bless me. I get out of prison, I get accepted to the prestigious University of Texas at Austin, where I graduated with a 4.0. That's how I went from four felonies to a 4.0. Now I'm a musician with the message, and I just travel the world, sharing my music, sharing my songs, and sharing my art and my heart. How did you go from, you get out of prison, you get to college, where was the... Turning point. Yeah, the turning point that you were able to turn this into, you're making a living doing this now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, this is it. So at what point, so how were you able to start making some money? So let's say you graduate, you have a 4.0. Yep. Did you just give a TED Talk and it took off? or Not at all. No. So uh, how did you get to the point where you're making money? Ignorance is bliss. And uh, it was cool because I was eating ramen noodles in college. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a big transition when I... Started my business because I was still eating ramen noodles. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I graduated college. I worked in TV for a year. That really confirmed that I was, I had my own vision. Working in television was cool. You know, you have a, I was a camera person. You have a headset on. They tell you truck right, pan left, zoom in, zoom out. That was cool. But I was like, I had my own vision. So I, I, start, I started my own business. Um, didn't make any money at first. And then I got married a few years later mm -hmm. and got real, real serious about it. Like, I'm cool with ramen noodles, but... <laughs> Um, my wife has two degrees. Yeah. She went to USC and UT, and she's she, she's not cool with that. Right. So it really just made me approach uh, the business side of it. So it was at 2003, then 2006, and and then it really kicked in about 2008. So mm -hmm. it took me about five years to figure out how to become gainfully employed. Like start, I knew I had made it mm -hmm. when I got a letter from the IRS. <laughs> it's funny, right? Like I I haven't went platinum yet, and I didn't win a Grammy yet. But uh, I knew I had made it when I got a letter from the IRS saying, hey, where's mine at? And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, wow, I made enough money to where they want theirs. And then that's <laughs> when I took it to another level. I took it another yeah. level up. Um, so, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah. It's because it's, it's, it's not an easy, because you go from zero. Basically, you're at zero, yeah. and you have to start earning. What was the first thing you did that made money for you? Because I'm trying to think yeah. some people listening, so what no, if they want good. to kind of be a copycat yeah. to a degree. Perfect. This is what, perfect. How do I follow that model? What did yeah, it um... CDs were still popping when I first started, and uh, I used to sell CDs at shows, and that was cool. And then somebody paid me to uh, show up one time, mm -hmm. right? Like, I remember a thousand bucks. Somebody was like, hey, I want to book you. How much do you charge? I hadn't charged up to this point, really. It was like, yeah, whatever. And they were like, okay, cool. No, like, tell them, give me a price. And I gave them a price, and I told them a thousand. They were like, oh, you should have charged more. <laughs> I was like, dang. But they were like, that's what you told me? So they wrote, I got a check for a thousand bucks. And I was like, I've never sold a hundred CDs in one pop. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it, to make a thousand bucks, I had to sell a hundred CDs yeah. at ten yeah. bucks a pop, and yeah. that was that was hard work. Yeah. And so it was like, wow, thousand dollars to show up, and it really. Um, also, I came from a motivational speaker background. Like, I used to do motivational speaking around the same time, and and I think if if, there, if there's something to reproduce, I think what's key is to figure out how to build a business model around what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a great live performer, that's what people tell me. Plus, I like to be in front of people, mm -hmm. right? Like, three million streams or get in front of, uh, you know, three million people. I prefer three million people just because mm -hmm. I enjoy that. Um, so when I got paid to show up, 
And I was like, a motivational speaker gets paid to show up. It's a different, totally different business model from being an artist where in the live music capital of Austin, Texas, it's more like, cool, you can play this historic venue and if you market a lot and if you encourage a lot of people to come, then we'll split the door with you and if they buy a lot of liquor, then we'll give you some of that money too. Mm-hmm. It was just, it just wasn't as an effective business model as like, what if I get paid for my talent? Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, like classical musicians, right? Like they get paid for the level of talent that they mm-hmm. uh, exhibit, not because of their draw. Right. And me, I'm like, well, my gift is like what I have, what I rec- what I appreciate is talent, like mm-hmm. my talent. And I would, and so, the, and to simplify it even more, it was like, how could I monetize my talent? And that's what it became for me. And what was the best way to do that? Um, and so I continually refined my business model so that I'm constantly getting paid for my talent. That's why I can't get away from motivational speaking because mm-hmm. apparently I talk good. So people, <laughs> I don't, I don't want. I'm like, book me as artist. I'm like, cool, but can you also talk about this? You know, and it's like, like that's my talent. And so I built my business model around the things that I like, the things that I'm naturally good at. And so when I'm in trying to in- inspire and encourage and equip or empower artists, it's like, what's the thing that, that you're good at? Mm-hmm. Like, and how can you build your business model around that? What also creates the, the highest ROI, right? The return on investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then build around that. A person who really, really hates social media, I mean, it's possible to, I mean, because there's always these anomalies, right? Like, I, I don't follow Beyonce, but I believe, I've heard more than a couple times that maybe she follows five people, maybe. Maybe less than that. On Instagram, yeah. right. Yeah. Right, wait a minute, but you know, you tell me I'm supposed to be active on social media and follow, follow back and all this, and it's like, she's working around her model. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. so I think that's key. It's like, but that comes back to like self-appreciation. You have to really appreciate what it is that you do. If you're an okay singer and an awesome guitarist, and you spend all your time trying to sell vocals, like, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well you're not you're not leaning you're not leaning into right. the thing mm-hmm. that opens the door for you. I believe that your gift will make room, and like that's often what I've done and often built my business around. It even leads to like my most recent album, having traveled the country quite a bit, a couple times over now. I have some popular songs, and uh, I have a new album, a children's album that's mm-hmm. coming out in June. Uh, comes out ten days after your, your book comes out on June first. June sixth. June sixth. So it's five days. Six. Uh, <laughs> six six. There it is. There we go. Uh, it's like five days after uh, your book comes out. Right. It'll be June eleventh, and I'm releasing a, a children's album. But it was me building around the fact that I perform a lot, and people book me for a lot for like youth events. That was never my goal in my audience. I was like, I didn't write songs for these kids, but all my music's radio friendly anyway. They love me. I'm like the child whisperer. It's crazy. So I get booked for all these events. And so I was like, how can I lean into it? So I leaned into it and I took my most popular songs, remixed them, and featured young artists on the albums. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm releasing the children. I did my own kids' bop album, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to release that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's called We Dreaming 3D. But it's just the principle of me leaning into what is already working and owning it. What's your degree in? Radio, television, film, filmmaking, uh-huh. which uh, I use all the time because what I learned in film school was the art of storytelling. Yeah. Like, I didn't know there was a, a craft to it, right? There was a formula yeah, and whatnot, right. and storytelling is everywhere. From yeah. hieroglyphics back in the day, right, when they wrote stick figures yeah. on the wall, yeah. it was still a story. It was a beginning, middle, end. It was a, like there's, yeah, so I get to apply that. To me, that's why I do, when I do songwriting, it's just storytelling. Mm-hmm. No pictures. I paint the pictures with the words versus like in film school, you paint the pictures with yeah. moving pictures. Right. So who are your musical influences? It's weird. It's more of a doll dead. Um, <laughs> Tupac and Biggie. 
black right. guy. <laughs> right. Lyrically, uh, yeah, lyrically, see, T- Tupac was a storyteller. That was the crazy part, right? He was like, he 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 crawled. Everybody, he appealed to everyone because he had this authenticity. He was real. Uh, it's probably was my dad. He was like so real, I believe. But he was so real. He was authentic, and uh, he was a great storyteller. Right. So even just like, so you could vicariously live through him. Like he's telling this story and saying crazy stuff that you normally wouldn't think or do. And uh, Biggie was a great storyteller as well. And he had these such such like these nuances in his music. But he was, but he introduced me to lyricism. Uh, yeah, he introduced me to lyricism, which opened up my whole world, just the power of the word and uh, the way you can phrase things and say things. And so they, they still influence me. Um, Lauren Hill as well. Uh, I think because she blazed that path over a decade ago, you know, it's like mixing, emceeing and playing the, a guitar. It just, it really made it like, okay, she did it. And I really respect her. Right. Like, okay, cool, I can do this. And uh, I, I really feel Ed Sheeran. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, he's a. I love the. I love him. He's a great songwriter, great artist, great voice. I think what's cool about what he's done is, uh, like, dude was at the Grammys. I was at the Grammys two months, three months ago, right? This dude's at the Grammys, and he's he's been on a world tour with a loop pedal and a guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he can't afford a band. <laughs> Oftentimes, like I play the guitar and the loop pedal. That's what I do. That's what I love. I've been doing it before Ed Sheeran came out, but it's cool because now he's blazing the trail, and making people open and accessible to the loop pedal and not out of like, well, one day you'll get a band. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I don't need a band. Like, I like the loop pedal. And it's cool because he's like blazing the trail with the loop pedal. Dude's doing mm-hmm. arena tours right. with a guitar and a loop pedal. Right. I'm like, yeah. You're so that's who influences me. Your profit margin is higher with just you and a loop pedal, too. I learned that from, yeah. uh, who told us that? in uh, Martin Atkins. Martin Atkins. Yeah. 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 Tour yeah. Smart. Yeah. Tour Smart. Yeah, yeah. I got to see him live. Yeah, he's good, like good people. And, he, he cussed me out while he told me, like, don't change. Like, don't effing do it. Yeah, he was like, he dude, it's, just, it's yeah. just you and the guitar. Oh, he, he, He's, it all the time. he tells yeah. how people, like, you start to grow. And it's like, now I can get a band. And now I can get a, yeah. a tour. And I, can put, and I can do all this. And it's like, now you're just breaking even the whole way. You grew, but you're breaking even versus, like, no, it's just mm-hmm. me and my guitar. We, our friend uh, Aaron Van Dyne, who we mentioned at the top of this, is the business manager for uh, St. Vincent, is one of his artists. And when she goes on tour overseas, um, she specifically has, instead of her like five person band, she'll do it with three. You know, she's like, okay, yeah. we could do it with three, let's do it. Just, it's so much more expensive to do it with the five. Yeah. So, because she knows what she needs to make to, to make exactly. a living. You know? exactly. So, she could do it with three overseas, and here she'll do it with five. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so what advice would you give to DIY artists? <laughs> Um, it's all about vision and then execution and then it's hard work Uh, specifically I like to give advice about like figure out how much money you need to make often I see DIY uh, DIY artists uh, other indie artists and you know like I make a living making full time music it's awesome I love it hard work but that's irrelevant what what can't you do without hard work and they're like how do I do what you do and I'm like like, what do you do now and like I'm a teacher or I work a bus driver I work at Popeyes whatever it is if you want to be a full-time artist, then the twist becomes, like, you need to replace your current income with your music income. So you don't have to make, like, so if they're making 36000 bucks a year and they're taking care of their family or doing whatever they have to do, then if they want to make music full-time because they work full-time, now you need to figure out how to make $36,000 a year making music. Right. Not, th- not, not $360 million, 
because that's what you heard Beyonce made mm-hmm. on her last tour, right. or 3.6 million, because that's what Joe Blow made, or 360,000. Like, no, you just need to make 36,000. If you can figure out how to do that, which is hard work in and of itself, right. if you want to add an O to it, or double it and go to 72,000, or whatever it is, you can figure it out, just like learning skills, right? Like people, often people, musicians will be like, I started with just three chords. I know, and then you learned what? I learned some more, or I learned this scale, and then I learned another scale. It's like, the basic is figure out how to replace your current income, because mm-hmm. then you'd be making music full time, and then grow it from there. That's what. I, that's my. That's my advice often to an indie artist, and that's like a, myself. That's a good uh, analogy because musicians will do that. They'll learn five chords, then they'll learn five scales, then they'll learn altered scales, and they'll spread it. But they won't do that in the business. Exactly sense. right. The business sense of this, they won't do it. Yeah, and it's you know, the same possible. The same man. Model. Yeah, there's so much. Um, mind state is a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's really the mindset. I became an artist later in life. I was like 20 something when I started music. And I learned that Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine, like, he didn't start singing until he was in his 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a legend, but he started late. I think because I started late, I always looked at it objectively. Like, the artist is the star, not like, yeah, they're the star. Like, but often they're marginalized and not treated as the star. And they accept it like I'm just part of the process. When it's like, no, you are the process. I mean, well, you're not the process. It's like you're the focal point. So you should figure out like the world revolves around you, not like, well, I'm just a piece of it. Because once you take ownership, then you can start to to build out from there. But it, it goes to that mindset. Because uh, the mindset is you're an artist, you can't be good at business. But business is merely solving a problem. And you get rewarded for the problem you solve. And whether you're trying to play a scale, and you can't play it, and you solve that problem. If you put it on the show and people aren't interactive or aren't engaging, then you solve that problem by becoming more dynamic, changing your set order or whatever it is. You just have to figure out how to solve the problem. As artists and creators, we solve problems all the time. Business is just one more problem. But we have to change the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. So I think. Uh, what are your main goals as an artist, and what do you, what role do you play in society? My main goal, I'm a musician with the message. More than I'm an acoustic hip hop artist, whatever genre, I'm a musician with the message. Uh, that message is that we're born on purpose with the purpose. My goal is to empower people to uh, live the best version of their life, I call it, to make their dreams a reality, and to dream in 3D, that's what I call it. Uh, and simply is to entertain, inspire, and empower. Um, and yeah, that's what, that's what I'm all about. And my goals are to change the world. There's seven billion people in the world, um, so I got a lot of work to do. I think, I, have, I think I've chose a, a big, hairy problem that's big enough for me to work on until I die. Cause I'm trying to be like Willie, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson turned 84 last weekend, two weekends ago, and he was on tour that weekend. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to do. Like, this is what I love. I want to do this for the rest of my life and entertain, inspire, and empower people while I do it. Are you trying to reach a certain audience? Like- no, that's why I picked up the guitar. Like I, picked, I fell in love with the guitar, but I hate for people to try to box me in. Like, you know, I'm black and I'm from the hood, so I'm supposed to be a rapper and I'm supposed to rap about all the stuff you hear on the radio. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Um, and at the same time, so I confuse people. I love confusing people. I know they look well, like, I got them. You know what I mean? Like, when I walk in wearing camouflage and Versace shades and, and with my name on a hat, and they're like, cool, okay, I know what he's about to do. And then I pull out the classical acoustic guitar, and they're like, huh? Or when I walk in, you know, with my plaid shirt and my jeans and my guitar, and they figure, oh, okay, cool. So this black dude's a singer-songwriter, and then I start rapping while playing the guitar, and they're like, huh? <laughs> and it's like, because um, 
it opens people up, I think. Because now I just, I love the challenge of, like, okay, wait a minute. So, yeah, I don't think this is going to be cool. But I, I, I live up to the challenge, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not trying to reach any type, any type of person. I'm trying to reach every type of person. But I just make good music, and it resonates with who it resonates with. Okay. Two minutes. So what is a typical day or week for you like? Great question. Um, because I'm a business owner and entrepreneur, like, that always changes because I run my own business. So um, if I'm making an album, then, you know, it's like songwriting uh, or recording or working on mixes. At the same time, it's working on the new images and the marketing and the brand, probably everything that's in um, managing your band. like probably everything that's in that book and it's like okay what what's what's the point like what are we doing here how do we line our messaging and our marketing here how do we do that so so it totally varies and right now because my new album comes out we dreaming 3d on june 11th uh i'm traveling quite a bit last week i was in dc then i went home to austin and played some shows now i'm in nashville then next then i go back to austin then i go to dallas then i go to somewhere else pittsburgh then back to Austin, and then we have the album released, and after I release it, then I'll go promote it, and then we're creating content to, pr- to release on the web um, and create the world around it. So it always varies. I think that's what's also cool, especially as an artist, I, I get bored easy. Yeah. But what's consistent is the end goal, and it, it always varies. I mean, when you reached out and said interview, like that wasn't on the agenda, but it was cool. Like, yeah. okay, cool, now we'll go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll promote this, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should uh, wrap up. Do you have a final quick question for Saul Paul? Um, Go to SaulPaul.com. My final question yeah. would be... SaulPaul.com. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get people to take you seriously as a musician? Hashtag dope sales. Dope sales. Dope sales. Meaning, um, if when you're good at what you do, it snatches attention. Facts. Like, that's why a little kid can be four years old and if they can sing... They could be singing right now. We'd all stop and look and poke our head outside to see what's going on. It'd be a, a person playing shredding on a guitar. Dudes who don't even like guitar would be like, that's crazy. I mean, that's what America's Got Talent is, right? It's sh- people that have show-stopping talent. So to be taken serious is like find out what you're, find out what it is that you do well and do it really, really well. Like master that and stand out. And then when people pay attention, have something to say okay. or show or sell. And then check me out at SaulPaul.com, S-A-U-L-P-A-U-L, SaulPaul.com. Everything social media, SaulPaul. Shoot. If you just Google it, my SEO's popping, so they'll know you mean me. Like, it'll just say, like, did you mean Saul Paul? You spell it wrong, so. <laughs> All right. Well, Google thank me. you so much for coming to talk to us. Thank y'all for having me. It was great to have Saul Paul here. Yeah. Yeah. Music is 101 and more. Brave New Radio 88.7. You have that trademarked? Yes. So, okay. See, he's got a trademark, too. Good job, Bianca. <laughs> she is the one that Swiss me on all the stuff I don't care. Yeah. Metadata, copyrights, trademark. Like, that's boring. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So thank you, Saul Paul, Sierra McGarrett, yeah, Nichols. Thank you very much. Dr. Stanbaugh Marconi, thank you very much. You too. Love the band U2. Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, we're going to fade out with Rob Fusari's Don't Let Love Down. So people are hearing that. We don't hear it in the room, but people okay. are hearing that. So thank you, Rob Fusari, Aaron Van Dynamite. And thank you, So Paul. Finally, good day. Thank you, everybody. Woo! Said something broke inside of you. My best friend. 